All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a big time guest in the building today. We got Michael Allen Tate in the building for the Startup Life. What's going on, Magnificent MAT? I'm just trying to stay out of heat down here in Birmingham. That's Ooh. the main thing I'm doing. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is crazy hot in the South, Startup Nation, for sure. Michael, are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? I'm ready. Yep. All righty, let's do it. So first things first, this is the Startup Life Podcast. Uh, brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. So, Mike, if you would, please, sir, uh, tell us about your path to entrepreneurship up until this point. Sure. I was working with a, a company called Spherion. It's a national talent management company back in the 90s and uh, traveling all over, working with clients like Sara Lee, International Paper, Reliant Industries, those kind of places. And <clears throat> I just was traveling three days of about three weeks every month but he got tired of it. So I sat down one day and thought, I have this belief that most people don't know what they want, but they're pretty sure they don't have it. For sure. And so I was kind of there at that point going, so what I want, so I, I, was a, <clears throat> I basically wrote out on a sheet of paper, this is the kind of place I want to work. This is what it looks like. Those are those kind of things. And uh, these are some possible options for me. And I went and shared it with a couple of folks <clears throat> and kind of what I wanted. And within about three months, the company actually created that position I had described without, you know, and so I, I learned at that point, sometimes, you know, if you're in a place, if, if you really write down what you want, people will give it to you instead of sitting around kind of complaining about it. So I did that, but then about a year later, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. So I just left and joined a small firm in Birmingham. Uh, there were three partners. We did strategic planning and executive coaching. Okay. Kinda, my company on the same page was sort of born one day. We were up on a mountain doing a you know a strategic plan with a bunch of guys, and they're all sitting around the table. And uh, CEO, after we had their plan put together, which their the plan for a this is a Fortune 500 company is on one sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had it finished, and he turned to his folks, his guys in the room, and said, "Listen, fellas." Succession is a really big problem for us. So I want each of you to have your own personal plan on the back of this one page plan we have for our company. And at that, and he turned to me and asked if my partner asked if he could do it. He said, I don't do people. And he turned to me and of course I do. And I said, I can do that. And at that point, my new company on the same page was born. Okay. And that's when I left and started my own company 10 years ago called On the Same Page. So. Gotcha. Got you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I appreciate you sharing something that you said earlier where you talked about, you know, you kind of basically asked for something and they created that position for you. And I think that's a very important point, Starter Nation. You know, I always uh, I have this theory when you're frustrated, you, hit, you have three choices. You mm-hmm. can either stay frustrated, you can quit, or you can make a request. Oh, I love that. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing what happens when we have the courage to, to say, this is what I want. Or, or this is my general idea, and that's kind of the premise of all my books and everything I do is really getting clear on what you want, and uh, the world kind of usually shifts your way if it's kind of in God's plan and all that stuff. Hey, Startup Nation, I want to chime in here with a reflection point really quickly because Michael brings up an interesting point, and I want to really talk about that a little bit. So when he tells the story about this role that he wanted, he writes it down, presents it to the supervisors, and then three months later, they created that role. There's two things that come to mind. Number one, he was intentional. And number two, he was not afraid to ask for what he wanted. Startup Nation, on your path to entrepreneurship or even scaling the corporate ladder, 
These two things are going to be vital to your success. When he was writing it down, that was him being intentional. Because when you write it down, you know what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to sound like, right? And that way that allows you to lead into number two, ask for what you want. But him writing it down also allows him to know how he's going to sell it to his supervisor, to the customer, where the case may be. Look, you can't depend on supervisors or the owner of the company or whoever it may be to re always remember that you come to work on time. You can't always depend on them to remind them that you're an asset to that organization. Sometimes you have to remind them of that. And so that's why you have to not be afraid to ask for what you want. And this works for whether you're scaling the corporate ladder or on your path to entrepreneurship. There's going to be a contract or a bid that you want or something like that. Or there's a target customer that you're in a meeting with and you want to be able to be like, hey, I am the best person to do this job. My competitors can't do it, you know, as well as me. I can do it on budget. I can do it on time or wherever the case may be. Sometimes you have to just go after what you want, even if that opportunity doesn't present itself, Startup Nation, especially for my entrepreneurs. You go knocking on doors and people say, hey, we're not, you know, we're, we don't need that at this time. Sometimes you have to let them know that, yeah, you probably do need that. So Startup Nation, on your path to entrepreneurship, or if you're scaling the corporate ladder, be intentional and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Let's get back to Michael. Thank you for sharing that. Now, yeah. Mike, I know that, you know, you went to undergrad at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, and Mike, you know, I'm based here in Memphis. So, you know, we were basketball rivals there for a little while. So I promise not to let my fan allegiance get in the way of us having a good conversation today. Okay, well, yeah, just uh, just back off, Dominic. <laughs> I will, I will. But I, I want to ask you this, though. You know, when, thinking back to your college days, was there a skill that you learned there on campus that at the time you didn't think was going to come in handy, but now as a successful entrepreneur, you have found very vital to your success? Sure. I studied uh, psychology and kind of industrial psychology, stuff like that, that. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in school. Okay. I just knew that I love these words. I love the language of uh, psychology. I love the language of business. I love the language of education. And that's kind of what I do. And that's how, what I learned then was people say in your career to follow your heart. I say, follow your ears. Hmm. Because really, it's about the language you like being around. That's what makes us kind of feel alive and enjoy the environment. Because we love this. You love the language of law. You love the language of business. You, you love a language that kind of pulls you that way. And conceptually, that's, I find, you know, a ten, 20 years later, I realized that, of course. But, mm -hmm. but I just followed what sounded right to me. And it guided me to this work that I do. So that was, I guess that was one thing I learned. Uh, there when I was in school, not, not, not so much content. Uh, I guess some of the industrial uh, psychology courses and things like that made me really pique my interest and kind of drove me that way. And uh, of course, as you probably see, I also went to Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Right. And uh, that's the language of theology and education. I was a, I studied business administration for churches and I did also education uh, for, and I was actually a uh, associate pastor who was in education administration for several churches up in Kentucky when I was there. So that's kind of way on back there. Gotcha. Okay, nice. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, for sure. So I kind of want to dive into the book just a little bit. The White Shirt 
uh, Startup Nation is the book that we're discussing. And you can purchase that book on uh, either the whiteshirt.com, which is Michael Michael's website, or you can get that from Amazon as well, which uh, I just want to add that it has 31 five-star reviews on Amazon Startup Nation. Ooh. So clearly it's a very good book and very vital to trying to find that career success that you're seeking Startup Nation for sure. So yeah. I want to dive into the book just a little bit. Because, it's also on Audible as well. Okay, also on audible.com as well. And Startup Nation, as always, we have the link in the show notes for all of those for easy access, for sure, for you to make those purchases. Thanks, so, Dominic. Appreciate uh, that. Oh, no worries. No worries. So I want to dive into the beginning of the book because you talk about a, a mentor that kind of led you on a career path. So uh, with that being said, you know, tell me more about that mentor and others that you have had in your career. And what's the one big takeaway you think you've gotten from all of them? Yeah, uh, yeah I've had several mentors who's, who guided me in my work. Uh, one was a pastor who kind of okay. guided me in looking at what ministry means. And, uh, you know, I was in the, I was, I was a professional minister. And then one day I decided that minister would be a verb instead of a noun. Mm. And so I kind of went into this work of helping people with the same kind of, uh, you know, uh, beliefs in business but my I guess a mentor who really changed my life was a guy named Jim Marshall who when I lost my job at the church when I was there I went through some crap anyway so mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I lost my job and I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was on an airplane and this guy sitting beside me and we got to talk and he said he had been working with Dale Carnegie for years and and uh, he has started his own little business and he turned to me and said what do you do? And I said, well, I'm kind of searching. He said, would you like for me to help you? And I'm going, yeah, right. You know, you've heard that before. I sell life insurance <laughs> or something. And he said, no, I only help you get started. I think you've got the skills to do this kind of training work. So he helped me, literally came to Louisville, helped me get started in my business and uh, showed me exactly what to do. And he said, I've, I've helped 20, tried to help 20 people get started in this work I do. They all take their own ideas instead of my ideas they're not very coachable is what he was saying Mm -hmm. so I literally memorized what he told me to do and did it word for word that's how I started my work I'm understanding that you have to be a follower before you can become a mentor or a leader or anything and so that was uh, Jim Jim was uh, a pivotal in my life just went out of his way to do that and I try to I try to model that with other people trying to get in my work in this work of career advising that I do, I, I have several people I mentor along the way in it. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And quick follow up. And, and Mike, if you will be as transparent as you you know see fit, you mm-hmm. talked about, you know, being an associate pastor and being in the ministry. How much has your faith guided how you conduct business? Oh, a lot. Because when I talk to a new client, mm-hmm. someone I haven't worked with before, I don't I don't really advertise. Most of my stuff comes word of mouth from people because you get the right kind of customers. But For sure. one of the questions after I've talked with a bit to find out what their business situation is, I asked them, how do you talk about faith and spiritual matters in your business? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to lead anyone on that. I just, they know right. where I come from and I'll just, and I'll, I'll get sometimes we don't. And I'll say, that's okay. That's all I need to know. But what, by asking that one question, it opens up a conversation that usually happens a few years down the road about what really faith means to you and that sort of stuff. So it's still, you know, it's, it's a core of part of who I am, not so much uh, 
what I learned in seminary, but just the fact that, you know, there is a, a God who guides us and if in, in the Bible, there's as much written about planning as there is about prayer. Mm. And so that's how my business really is. It's about, you know, planning and uh, prayer. And I would tell you that uh, I work, my work's kind of divided in three areas. I spend a third of my time with board of directors, kind of helping them do CEO evaluations and strategy. I have a third of my time with the executive teams and a third of my time one-on-one with uh, people that are moving up, moving on, or moving over in their career. In those conversations in my room, my, I have a conference room, a storyboard conference room in my in Birmingham, mm-hmm. where people come and spend 23 hours with me. And uh, during that time, I would tell you, I probably have more sincere conversations about how God shows up in the world than I ever did when I was in the ministry. Gotcha. And because uh, it just happens, you can't talk about a mission without talking about where your mission came from, you know. Absolutely. And, I have, and people know that about me. So mm-hmm. it's still a big part of who I am. But I'm I try to be very appropriate with it by not pushing things on people, just, you know, making it work when it works, but not to be an obnoxious kind of guy. For sure. For you sure. Miss some, you miss a few of those. Right. Say. Right. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask, because I think a lot of times for many entrepreneurs, there, there are certain things that like there's a there's a base point or a base camp, if you will, or something that grounds them as they yeah. conduct their business. Maybe it's faith. Maybe it's something else. So when you when that kept seemed like a reoccurring yeah. theme here in our conversation here early on, I yeah. felt kind of compelled to ask that for, you know, of you. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing. Thank you. For sure. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with c.s lewis and yeah uh, he, yeah for sure yeah he, he has a he has a quote that says go for heaven and you'll get earth thrown in go for earth and you'll get neither mm. and so when i work with companies i basically tell them this is my experience uh, <clears throat> that if you go for numbers on if you go for culture you'll get your numbers thrown in if you go for numbers you'll get neither mm. and so it's that same kind of you know, everything in leadership is spiritual. It really is. Not I'm talking about religious, I'm talking about spiritual. For sure. And so that's how I see things. I um even my strategic planning, i I have a new term I've coined in copyright called strategic planting, mm. which means plant a culture that grows so strong that you don't even have competition, like Apple and other places like that who did that. So that's uh so that's kind of where I come from. I always come from that that place of centered spiritualness. So for sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Now, one of the things that I thought that was fascinating about your book is that you have people do what is called like a family career tree, which helped them kind of find what they want to do with their career. Tell us a little bit more about that, if you would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> this. Uh, so the re- one of the reasons I wrote this book is because most of the CEOs I work with send their college-age kids to me when they can't figure out what they want to do. And uh, and I've had to f- determine a way I can take one hour and explain how a career works. And if you look at my book, I have all these hand, hand drawings in there that I use. And one of them is the uh, family career tree because there's th- – Four things that impact your career, your parents, your peers, profit, and passion. Mm. And uh, But parents have the greatest influence on a person's career. A Wall Street Journal article came out about two months ago that talked about how sons are more 
twice as likely to follow their father's uh, career, uh, uh, you know, as compared to the rest of the world. And daughters are about one to two, that sort of thing. But it's just an amazing impact. Now, so a reason I do that is because I want people to look at their parents and those relatives, the people they grew up with, because you do have kind of a, a legacy, a career legacy that's there. Right. And I'm not saying to follow it. I just want people to be aware of the power of it so they can make a choice whether to go that way or to go a different way. Um, and so that the pair, the, and, and you probably think, well, that's pretty cool for kids coming out of college. But I had a guy that was 64 years old, left a nonprofit job. Right. And he, uh, <clears throat> he, he, he did the family career tree. He realized he had five or six people that were, um, bankers in his in his family and now he's a community bank representative for a small bank there he wanted to do something after he retired but it all came from him going oh my gosh i had no idea i had all those connections so yeah it's uh and it what it does too with the parents my son and i when i did this book of course i tested with my son and he and i went through the whole process especially the career tree and it was the most bonding experience i've had with my son and that's the other reason this book I wrote is designed to be done with a friend or a family member because it, uh, it, you know, because two are better than one and changing careers is almost impossible by yourself. So find a friend to go through, but find a family member that can help you do that. And this tree just opens up your eyes to the possibilities that you probably never really considered. And when I did my own, I found that Actually, uh, my mother's side of the family, um, I'm related distantly to Ed, Edgar Allan Poe. I have entrepreneurs wow. on the other side of my family in this other piece. I mean, all that stuff just kind of makes you realize you do have a, you have something that can give you a little direction when you're not sure what you want to do next. Got you. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you're absolutely right because when, you know, for those people and we're in the middle of graduating season. And so you know, for those of who are, you know, not sure what the next step is, or we're trying to reinvent, you know, our career late, maybe later on down the road, I think that's very important to have that, that guiding starting point for sure. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Oh, you're welcome, Dominic. Yeah. No worries. Um, so I wanted to also ask you this, you know, because uh, in the book, you know, the white shirt, uh, you, you talk about identifying, you know, specific color button on your white shirt, whether it be blue, red, yellow, or green. Yeah. You know, blue being the innovator thinker, red being the doer director, yellow yeah. being the protector organizer, and green being the talker inspirer, right? Yeah. And so you can yeah. also, a uh, startup nation, take the quiz to kind of see what your buttons are, which I did. And so yeah. it looks like I have the green shirt. I mean, the green buttons. Green button. Yeah. On my shirt, right? I could have guessed that. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> thanks, thanks for doing that homework too, Dominic. You're the only one who's I've I've had like twelve podcasts about the book. You're the only one I think that's done it. Thank oh. you. <laughs> well, I thought it was really fascinating, really new, because I think I've, I'm a big believer in uh, something that Tony Robbins says all the time that clarity is power, and yeah. I think that as much clarity as you can get as far as your path to entrepreneurship, your path of your career. I think that's important. So I thought it was only fitting that if we're going to talk about, you know, your book that I take the quiz. So yeah. I thought it was very eye-opening. So I appreciate you actually having the quiz in the first place. 
So the reason I bring this up is because I, I wanted to say, you know, it says that, you know, I'm the talker inspire. So I guess, you know, if for those of us who are talker inspires, what's the ideal career should we pursue? Like what, what's the best fit for us green button, uh, or, or for those of us who have green buds on our white shirt, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's just great. Thanks again for doing that. Uh, so uh, the one of the keys in the white shirt book is that you come out with a plan at the end, a one-page plan that you take and share with people and ask for their advice and never ask for a job. Mm-hmm. So on that plan, we never mention job titles. Job okay. uh, Because job titles box you in. Fair so, enough. Uh, so I'm, you're saying you want a career out, you know, if I were, if you had your career plan and you had this about inspiring, leading and facilitating, you just talk about those skills and say, these are the skills I have. What advice would you have for me mm-hmm. as far as what kind of prod, you know, work I could do? And uh, what because ha- if you say like an accountant or you say, I want to be a radio announcer, I want to be a podcaster, I want to be a, uh, you know, I want to be a salesperson. All of a sudden people's minds, uh, they just it draws them in to a point a focus rather than keeping their minds open to say now if you can really inspire people and you can write well probably you might want to consider talking to the my friend over at this small organization they're probably not even a job title mm. uh, and i believe in 10 years there may not be any job titles i think we're just going to all be doing project work based yeah. on our skills I, that's how i think about the world anyway so uh, i uh, you'll notice throughout the book, I do not tell people, I don't, none of the plans have any job titles or they just list the skills I love doing and the problems I like to solve. That just creates a conversation with people that is really uh, engaging and helps them help you think and kind of join your minds together. So, Got you. Thank you for sharing that. Quick follow up if I ask, because I just thought about this. Now, I guess I want to get your take on it. I know we have, you know, the different, you know, the blue, the green, the red, stuff like that. Right. But Mike, is there a multicolor button that some of us sometimes have where we kind of dive into different types of, you know, arenas or buttons or something like that? Is there a multicolor button? There is. Okay. Uh, there certainly is. And um, uh, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, I do some, uh, I do some psychological testing and other things. I And this, what I have in my books is a simplification of a, a a test called the Berkman profile, okay. which is the most scientifically based career profile in the world. That's I, I, what I do with people. And uh, there'll be an interest on that. And my interest, all the same colors, my interest when I do the test is in the very center. I'm a consultant. Got it. So, uh, so a consultant works in all those areas. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, in the book, I just couldn't put that kind of complication in there. For sure. In that simple little book. But uh, I do offer for people to go and be able to take that test if they want to learn more about the book, about their colors and their careers. It's more specific. But um, but yeah, there certainly is. Yeah, you're not you're nobody's a purely green or blue. You're going to have a a secondary color anyway, always that. So, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's not that rare because I know every consultant I've worked with is right in the dead center. You probably are, too. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I might be. That's why I kind of wanted to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. But I, I'm I'm one of those people who are a fan of, uh, of of borders and sections and stuff like that. So I, uh-huh. I like the regimented, like you know, you're in this box, you're in that box. But at the same time, yeah. I understand that you know you kind of 
can be all over the place. Not all yeah. over the place, but in the dead center. No, like, you're, you're no. When when you say that, you're probably uh, yellow. See, yellow and red are task oriented. Mm, Green yeah. and blue are people oriented. Gotcha. So you're kind of you're probably yellow and yellow, <clears throat> probably yellow and green or For something sure. like that. Where you're kind of less organized, but I, I can I can also go out and persuade people but i do it in an orderly way for sure for sure thank you for sharing that mike really quickly what's the number one thing you want people to get from the white shirt uh the number one thing i want them to get is uh asked for a job and you'll get advice ask for advice and you'll get a job ask for promotion you'll get advice ask for advice you'll get a promotion that's the key part of the of the book. Once you've done your answered your questions, there's three questions in the book. Who am I first? Where's my place in the world? And how do I find it? If you do those back pieces with the career tree and all that, and then you understand that your ears guide you to your industry and you go with a, a plan, you know, I would say develop a short plan, share it with people and ask for advice. And it'll lead you to your, it'll lead you to your work, whether it's a new business or a new job or whatever that's the the one thing is ask for advice don't ask for a job gotcha gotcha thank you for sharing that and once again start mentioning actually i would need to make a correction the website is the white shirt book.com not the white shirt.com the white shirt book.com it's it's not it's not the either it's white shirt book whiteshirtbook.com my apologies okay so whiteshirtbook.com i assure you in the show notes it's spelled correctly For easy access, for sure. And you can also get that from uh, from that website, from audible.com, and also from Amazon, because like I said, it has 31 five-star reviews, Stardomation. So that's something that, you know, you're trying to uh, find that correct career path for you. Make sure yeah. you go and purchase that book for sure. Thank you for sharing all of that. And, and also, if you go on and take the, as you saw when you took the little quiz, that sure. little 10, 10-second quiz on the on the. If you do that, you you can actually get uh, for your viewers. You'll, you'll get a free, you can actually download a free workbook that goes along with the book. Oh well, look so, at that, Stana. Make that's sure a, just for your for your uh, viewers. Thank I mean, you for, for, so for sure. Thank you for sharing that. that we yeah. love freebies here at the Startup Life, so <laughs> really appreciate that for sure. Okay. So, Mike, let me ask you this. A few days ago, I read an article in the New York Post that said modern parents, millennials like myself, actually want to start the journey of their children's career path at five and a half. Of the 2000 parents survey, most of them said that they want their kids in the STEM field, you know, science, technology, engineering and math. So, you know, they are basically, like I said, talking about my generation, millennials. Are we being absurd that, that we should start their career path at five and a half, or are we actually setting them up for success? What do you think about that? I think at five and a half, they need to be playing. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, give me, you know, give me a break. The, the Bible says in Proverbs, bring up a child in the way he should go or she should go. And what that really, what that means, if you take those words, it doesn't mean bring up. It means bring up a child in the way he is bent. Is bent toward. It's a vocational verse. It's about finding your vocation. So you look at a child and you say, "So what? What's he bent towards? What does he tend to go? Is he going? Is he a sandbox kid? Is he a library kid? Is he?" And you push them towards what a parent pays attention to. Say what? What is their innate gifts and interest? And that's what uh, I would say to do because you can't bend them if they're they'll break. 
you know, if you bring them the wrong way, uh, kids will break. It's kind of like my dad used to raise green beans, and I talked about that, those kind of, you know, pole beans. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that's how I kind of see raising my kids is you, you plant them in a, you, you plant them in the ground and give them good values, let them grow. And as they grow, you just kind of pull them back and towards where they are bent. I'm, I was so fortunate that my parents did that for me. They didn't have anything preconceived. They just, they just supported and spoke my gifts into me mm-hmm. and, um, and then pushed me. I mean, once I made a commitment to do something, they say, you decided to do that. You're not going to, they're not going to put, they wouldn't let, let me off the hook for my decisions. And they would come sometimes had to come back and pull me back in. But it was never because I don't, you know, I'm not the model guy in the world, so I don't know. But I just think I see that happen with kids. And I'd also see the there's so many books being written today about all the stress, the teenagers and teenager suicide. Mm-hmm. Right. I just think a lot of that's from pressure ah. for that. Uh, that's just my opinion. I'm not for sure. a for sure. psychologist, but right. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, and the other thing, I think the reason for the teenage suicides is uh, kids aren't working. Hmm. Because work gives you value for yourself. It makes you, uh, it's sort of like, you know, welfare takes away the, uh, a person's dignity when you give them too much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, if kids had, had summer jobs, I think we'd see that suicide rate just plummet. That's my opinion. I just think work, work is who, what we're supposed to do. Yeah. By the way, I'm getting off on my soapbox here. No worries, no worries, <laughs> no worries. I, I I I get what you mean. I I think you're absolutely right when you, when you talk about that pressure, you know, that we place on you know teenagers and and even I guess five and a halfs apparently. You know, I, I guess I kind of just wanted to get your take on that for sure. Yeah. A quick question before we go to break: uh, Entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaged in constant professional development reading books, listening to podcasts, whatever the case may be. So what does professional development mean to you, Mike? And what are you learning right now? Well, professional development to me has always been linking up with the smartest uh, people I know. I hear that. I mean, I, I read some books. I'll Daniel Pink and some of the thought leaders of the day. You know, I, 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 I do some reading. I really do a lot more. I get a thing called executive book summary. So I kind of summarize all the books and pick out the best ones for me. I still read a lot of the classics. I go back to um, just some of the, the classics I read. I guess I'm at that age where I'm looking back like that. But my the way I got started in this work of career advising was mm-hmm. um, I, I decided after I'd been in the ministry, I wanted to do this career stuff. And so I looked in, I looked out and said, who is the best person in the world? It was Richard Bowles who wrote What Color Is Your Parachute? The best-selling book in the world in careering, I called Richard Bowles directly and said, can I come and work with you? Mm-hmm. And he said, sure. I'm not kidding. And so I went and spent time with him and I called a guy in Europe called Danielle Perot in Geneva. Mm-hmm. Can I work with you? Sure. come." So that's how I learn. I, I pick out the smartest people I know. I hear that. And I call them in my, I got that from my my uncle Willard Tate, who was a basketball coach in college, and he never played basketball in high school. Hmm. They he won, They were in a small division in a college. They won their championship several years. When they asked him to to become a coach, he said, "Well, I don't know anything about basketball, but let me make a few calls." He called Bobby Knight. He called 
two of the best basketball coaches, college basketball coaches in America at that time and asked them to help him. And that's how he got started. And he kind of passed that on to me and gotcha. said, Mike, you know, these guys that you, it's like the you know, prettiest girl at school never got asked to the prom. Right. <laughs> Everybody was afraid they'd say no. Right. And um, so that's, that's my learning. So I have some real mentors that I stay in touch with and we kind of learn together. So. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the startup life so far, Mike? Man, this is great. You d- you actually did homework. I did a little bit. <laughs> I did a little bit. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Michael's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Bench Podcast Network. business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com i mean don't get me wrong like this is a great music to have break on but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music but your business being advertised on it need more content from the startup life you say you can now sign up for the startup life all access pass on the binge podcast network's patreon page there is exclusive content written by yours truly video content where i share even more of my business philosophies and whatever crazy content i can think of out of that crazy head of mine and at only five dollars a month yeah five dollars a month this is more content for you startup nation to really get ahead of your competition so instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship click the link in the show notes to sign up all right startup nation so let's continue so mike if you would please sir tell us a little bit about what you do at same page consulting I, uh, as I said a little bit before us, mm-hmm. uh, I work with uh, uh, really pr- purpose-driven uh, organizations and leaders. Um, I work with, uh, uh, spend a third of my time working with boards where I facilitate strategy for the board with the boards. And I work with the executive teams around execution. Then I work with individuals one-on-one as an executive coach and help them as, as I say on my website, move in, new mm-hmm. leader assimilation. When new leaders come in, I'm a specialist in new leader moving in, people moving in, getting started on the right foot, moving up. Those are high potentials who are moving up and then moving on. And that's people who are looking at retirement and want, need to get their person ready to take their place after they leave. And then also planning what they'll do in their, I don't call it retirement, I call it repurpose, repurpose their careers. So those are the, that's what, that's what on the same page. So it's really, I get teams on the same page and I get people on the same page with their God given gifts and abilities. So. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Now I saw on the website that you do, and you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, that you have like your one day retreats with clients. Tell us a little bit about that. So if I'm working with someone who's uh, kind of a high potential or they want to just plan the rest of their lives, I have a process based on my book, Design a Life That Works. That's my first book. Mm-hmm. And um, and help them put together a strategic plan for their life with a personal vision, the values, their objectives, their principles and those kind of things. So the way that works is uh, we I'll interview. So if they're I only I work with corporations who hire me. I'm on retainer with five or six companies who send their people to me for these 23 hour retreats. So I do a, I do 360 feedbacks. I do psychological assessments with them. Do personal interviews. Then they fly to my my conference center in Birmingham, and uh, we uh, and they fly in around 12 o'clock one day. We take that afternoon and debrief all the information about their whole life, all the information I've gotten from the outside. Uh, so there's three parts to it, for your your perception, others' perceptions, and your subconscious. So if you walk to my office, you see storyboards. When they walk in, they see their life on a storyboard. They see what other people say on a storyboard. They see what their subconscious says from their psychological assessment says on and we go through that on the first afternoon and think about what, what are the trends, what's their messages here, what's the one thing that we need to take away that will help you reach your 10-year or your five-year goals. They sleep on that overnight, get up the next morning. We go back into the room and we plan out their personal goals as well as their organizational goals for the next five to 10 years, however they want to do that. And, and then I follow up with them every month for 12 months, and that's that's my on the same page 23 hour retreat transformational retreat yep wow that's awesome that's really awesome so mike michael if you would you know tell us about you know you you have on your website where you talk about the transition categories can you break those down for us a little bit i think that's very important for startup nation to know the transition categories you mean like the uh, uh the the move the, oh the move, yeah moving so, in. Uh, yeah. yeah so <clears throat> so i started my so moving in Mm-hmm. Uh, I started my career uh, in career advising in an outplacement, which is congrat. You know, I work at companies like Sara Lee who were downsizing. Right. And they send their VPs to me. Congratulations, you're fired. Here's Mike. I walk in the room, and so that's what I did for years. And then <clears throat> after about you know five or six years of that, that was enough. And I worked with a guy who was a VP, and he. And he, and he got a job with this great company. And he, he said, Mike, you know, I really screwed up at my last job politically. I mean, people at that level don't usually get fired because they're incompetent. They get fired because they get on the wrong side of the politics. Hmm. And so, so I, I, he said, can you help me get started on the right foot? And I went, sure. Oh, well, that's a good idea. So I put together this process where I, when people are moving in an organization, the top leaders moving in. I come in, I get their team together, their new team, and help them under set. Actually, the team itself sets 100-day goals right out of the box. Right, I mean, within two weeks of a new guy coming in, we we spend a day and a half away with the team and talk. let the team come up with their ideas of what they think is important and let the guy just listen. Because you're, you know, you hadn't, he hadn't earned the right to be heard yet. Hmm. So it's that time of listening and letting people put their plans out there and just watching it develop. And then uh, we have some kind of uh, lots of different activity take place in that. Uh, probably the most powerful one is the one at the end where 
at the end of that retreat with your new team, everybody gets to uh, make a request to the leader and the leader to go around the room and say, in order to do this plan we put on the page here, uh, Mr. Leader, I, this is what I request. They can request anything you want. And the leader can either accept it, decline it, or counteroffer, and they do it right there in the room. So what we've done is set up the way they're going to communicate and kind of he's going to listen, but there's going to be structure in how we communicate. So that's the moving in part. Uh, now, the moving up is someone's uh, high potential person, usually a lot of technical people who have great technical skills, but they don't have the people skills yet. And so I work with a lot of you know, hypos uh, who are uh, going to be taking over at a high C, uh, a senior level position. Right. And that's usually a two to three year process. They all come to my office, though, for the one day retreat. We always do that. That's sure. the foundation of all this. They come, we put together the plan. I work with them on how to maneuver inside an organization, what the unwritten rules are, what gets you in the doghouse, you know, how you work with people. Kind of my favorite part now is the moving on when a, a senior person is really ready to go and most of them stay way too long. But I, um, I sit down with them and we draw a, jo- a map of their job, all the things they're responsible for, and we put it on the wall and think if you had to leave, who would you need three types of plans when you're leaving in secession. You need an emergency secession plan, a departure to find secession plan, which means I'm leaving this day, and then ongoing leadership development. So so first we put together an emergency plan in case a guy get hit, hit by a bus, well, who would take over what? We kind of label those out. Right. And then uh, I, and then they say, I'm going to be leaving in two years. Over those year, two years, we're going to be training this person in order to get ready to go out. But the biggest piece of it is their own personal transition plan. That is what I'm going to do with all this time. And uh, the other day I was meeting with a husband and a wife. Uh, the guy was leaving and she was, she, the spouse is always a part of it if they choose to be. And he, this guy stayed around way too long. He should have left. And I said, what, Joe, why'd you stay so long? He turned to her and he said, honey, I signed up for better for worse, but not 24 hours a day. It was, mm. and she turned to him and she said, me too, Joe. Wow. I don't know what I'm going to, you know, what are you, you're going to be hanging around the house, messing up all the stuff I want to do. I can't take care of you. And he said, I know I, I need something to do. So we got him a part-time consulting job so he could okay. leave and they could stay happily ever after. I hear that. And, but, you know, it's just that stuff that's real practical kind of things that I work with. And, uh, you know, men especially have a hard time letting go of their identity and their work. And so it's better to have a, I work with one company up in, in Boston and they ask everyone when they're 62 years old, how do you see yourself working? in the next five years. And that's, that's you know, because people still want to work and and they just, so that's the kind of conversations I have around moving on, just helping people have a healthy repurposing their skill and have a plan that's written, of course, on one page, like all my stuff, so. Got you, got you. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, if this is something that you feel like you can benefit from, you can go to michaelallentate.com. And actually on the uh, on his website, he actually has an offer for a free ebook that kind of starts that conversation, if you yep. will. And we actually have that web address in the show notes uh, for easy access as well. So yeah. Michael, I want to ask you this question. You know, because you got many testimonials because you talked about some of the people that you worked with and stuff like that. 
Uh, but you got, you know, a lot of client testimonials. And I actually want to read one from, uh, I guess, Pamela Gray Birch from actually your old alma mater down there at UAB. Um, <laughs> yeah. She says, Mike played a critical role in designing, planning, and launching the program. He used his experience to provide to our program the strategy and the template used to implement what I believe will be one of the most valuable leadership programs UAB has offered our employees' development. I am pleased to recommend Mike to any organization looking for a forward-thinking strategist, consulting, and coach. So, Mike, when you hear a a testimonial like that, what does that mean to you? I've forgotten about that, man. Uh, Pam. Yeah, she re- she retired a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's just you know when you get that kind of stuff, I always I always think I don't uh, I don't ever think I you know I it's just kind of overwhelming because I can't imagine that I'm smart enough to do that. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just humbling and it's so uh, just to hear those words or someone. I mean UAV is a big place. Now I put together their succession plan several years ago for their up for their high potentials is what sure. that was about mm-hmm. and uh, I just uh I just kind of you know that's what you do that's why you do this stuff it, it's not the money it's being able to help people kind of serve folks and uh she's so kind to write that I appreciate you reading it no worries yeah. no worries I, I thought I thought it was important to let Startup yeah. Nation know the impact that you make with your clients so I definitely you know it was my pleasure to read it for sure wow thanks no worries. Uh, so let me ask you this, man. You know, let's let's switch gears just a little bit. Uh, so I I saw you know when I when you go to michaelallentate.com, uh, once again, Startup Nation, the web address is in the show notes for easy access. I see a bird dog. Yep. And I noticed that you're an avid outdoorsman. So is it safe to say that you like to go hunting? I like to I like to watch bird dogs work. Ah. <laughs> Gotcha. I, yeah, my dad and I, all my family grew up with uh, quail hunting dogs. Okay. And uh, I don't, are you, you know, have you ever been quail hunting, Dominic? I have never been hunting it, period. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay. I am straight on straight city boy. So I, okay, I, I, I thought maybe in Memphis, you, anyway. I, so, I should, I should. <laughs> like, there's a lot of places around here to go hunting, but I, I, I yeah. stay in the city limits, my friend. Well, you, you know, it's what, what brung you, you know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, so the reason I choose bird do- uh, pointing dogs is because uh, they're kind of a model for my company because mm-hmm. uh, a, a bird dog, a uh, quail dog will, uh, will run through a field. They'll pass a blue bird. They'll pass a red bird. They'll pass all these birds. And then a quail comes up and they slide and they point and they lock up in that. You see that picture. Mm-hmm. that dog's pointed on a bird they will stand there i've lost my dog before couldn't find it for 30 minutes it came up and they stood so long on point that their legs gave away they're just laying down but oh, wow. still pointed to the bird oh wow okay so that, that's like leaders leaders run but they need but when leaders hit something that's critical they can need to be able to stop and get still and focus on it and that's what bird dogs teach me is uh, there's o- there's only a few things that are important and a leader is the one who can smell that important thing and get focused on it and pull through but the other remarkable thing about bird dogs is if you get those pictures on my website anymore but uh, when a bird dog points every bird dog is like me as wants to get their nose at closest to the bird they're all wanting to get the closest point so they get the points kind of like i get i won the prize like mm-hmm. we do in a you know, as as uh, people, 
we're all competitive. They're all competitive, but when a bird dog points, the other bird dog honors that point. They'll stand 10 feet away and point that dog. If another one comes up, he'll, st- he'll stay 10 feet back and point the other dogs. They'll honor each other. Mm. So it's about focus. It's about honor. So uh, it's kind of the perfect model for a team. So somebody has an idea, right. we all turn and honor that idea. And so the, the analogy, and there's a little bit I wrote in my in there about the bird dogs and why I have that as my symbol, but it's mm-hmm. about getting still and knowing what's important and honoring people. And, and uh, yeah, so that's why the bird dogs there. For sure. And, and I, and I thought that was some, definitely a correlation and I, I kind of figured it exactly <laughs> as you talked about, like, you know, working with leaders and stuff like that. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. So Dominic, yeah. uh, come to Bur- I have a, quail- I have a, I have a bunch of land on the river and okay. I- friends and clients bird hunting okay you just come down here and we'll go and you'll get to see it and when you it'll it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen it's different than any kind of hunting you've ever seen in your life so i'm i'm that's an invitation there everybody all the listeners heard it too so. all right so you're holding me to it so i, I appreciate that <laughs> open invitation for sure thank you for so much mike i appreciate that i'm serious you know <laughs> no, no i believe you i definitely believe you for sure yeah. Let me ask you this, man. What do you hope to be once you, you know, you, you, you've, you've left this earth and this and the other, what do you hope to be the legacy of Michael Allen Tate? Uh, it's the, uh, uh, it's on my, my vision. My personal vision is that, uh, that I help people slow down enough to hear God whisper. Hmm. And, uh, that's kind of it that I hope that everyone just can find a life-giving career because if you do that you know everything works the world changes you know I just if you know, one person gets really focused on what they were designed and called to do the world can change so that's kind of my I don't think it'll be me it'll be some you know maybe I've influenced one person that can uh, do something that'll make the world a better place that's what I guess what I want to be known for is kind of the guy in the background that who was that masked man and and he changed somebody to do something great in the world. So that's, that's it. I hear that. I hear that. that I think, and I think that's very powerful for sure. Let me ask you this, man. I know I, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? What? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay like my entrepreneurial super- superpower. Yeah. My, okay. Here's my superpower. I was working for a sp- that big company I told you about, we were at a, at a retreat uh, and we had to go and watch a polo match. That was the day I realized I couldn't work for this company anymore, (laughs) but, but they asked me, so Mike, what do you do? And that's what, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to, everybody's going around the room. What do you do? And I said, I, uh, well, I go out and make friends and ask them if they ask them to do business with me, if they ever have a need. That's that's probably my superpower. Gotcha. Yes, I mean I just go, I get to meet people and and I, you know, and I and I always say I may not be the one to help you, but let's talk about what problems are there that you're dealing with, and and um, I guess you know that's, and I do have I I mean I I, I do really have this uh, kind of innate ability to our God gifted ability to talk with someone for about an hour and really be clear on where they need to be in their, with their life and their career. I just, I don't even know where any of that comes from, but I've just been humbled with so many times that's happened with people where I could just say, I see this for you. It works. So. 
nothing real public. Uh, I'd like to be a best-selling author, but who, you know that's kind of crazy. So no, I, I I definitely think that's a superpower for sure, and I, I definitely see that in the future to be that that best-selling author, like you said, for sure. Uh, so before I ask my last question, I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life Podcast, powered by the Bench Podcast Network. You gave amazing value from you know sharing you know how your faith guides and how you do business, but also sharing that the fact that you know as long as you get like an hour with a person, you really can't help that person, and you really don't want to be the superstar. You really just want to be that person in the background that really yeah, helps yeah. the superstar move forward. So I appreciate all of the value that you shared with us today. Thanks, Dominic. It's been a great. No worries. No worries. So <laughs> I actually want to hand the microphone over to you because there's an entrepreneur out there who, who's losing hope. They're about to give up. They're either afraid to start their business or they're afraid to move forward on the path to entrepreneurship or even their career. Give them some some nuggets of wisdom and tell them to keep moving forward today. Oh, <clears throat> well, uh It'd be the same advice I give anyone who's looking, who's kind of frustrated with their career and stuck, and that is uh, sit down and write down what you want on a piece of paper. But right, the best way to do is write down uh, what you uh, don't want. And on the other side, write down, this is what I want. And then go find a friend who will just listen to you and uh, give you that advice. And personally, I'd also say that to read the book of Proverbs, there's 30 books a book of Proverbs every day and and you can pray to uh, your God and um, and ask for guidance. Those would be my suggestions because it all comes from planning and prayer for me and my life and that'd be my take on that for anyone out there who feels like they're they're down. Mm-hmm. Uh, reach out to a friend and to your God and put it but got to have a plan. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And that's yeah. going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. Michael Allen Tate, did you enjoy being on the show? I did. It was so good. You're so well prepared. I, you're more prepared than anybody I've ever had a podcast with. Thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, that's just amazing you did that, Dominic. That I is really high praise. It. I appreciate that. Art of Startup Nation. So here's my final take. I love having Michael on the show because he's one of those great executive coaches that's not really trying to tell you what to do he's just trying to simply guide you on the direction you're actually probably should be on in the first place when you read the white shirt starter nation it it really just takes the attributes that you already have whether it be on your career path or even entrepreneurship i really think entrepreneurs can really get something uh, from the white shirt as well but remember what i was talking about earlier you know and i think michael is a great executive coach that helps you to do this always be intentional about what you want and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. And I think with Michael's coaching and the white shirt book is something that you really should probably consider having the entrepreneurial toolkit. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or like to advertise on our show, please send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as can be now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. Startup Life.
What up, Startup Nation? Are you hanging around for extra content? What if I want to give it to you this week? But then that'll make me a terrible person, and then you'll probably leave the show and stuff like that, and I can't have that. So I guess I got to give it to you, huh? All right. Here you go. First thing that we'll do is we'll assess your small business. We'll un- we'll understand what's going right, what's going wrong. We'll spot red flags and we'll spot opportunities for growth. But we just need to digest and look at things through a financial lens. And we'll come to you and say here, you know, we'll meet for about an hour and we'll say, here is the assessment on your business. Here's what we think is going right. What and you know, what things need to be improved upon. So Startup Nation, we go from Birmingham to Columbia, South Carolina, and we hang out with Adam Lean, founder of the CFO Project. So if you want to get that content as soon as it's available, go ahead and subscribe to the Start of Life podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. So that way, when that episode with Adam is available, it'll be right there waiting for you. But until then, Startup Nation, get out of here. You got a company to grow.